My name is Justin, and you can call me Jay Swag, and welcome back to an episode of Sports Talk with Swag. Appreciate you stopping by, giving a listen, and hanging out with us here on this Wednesday afternoon. I had a sneeze coming, and now it's overstaying its welcome, and it's and it's gone. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, welcome to Sports Talk with Swag. Appreciate you stopping by, giving a listen, and hanging without <clears throat> hanging out with us this afternoon. Um, a little bit of a more laid back episode, as if this show wasn't already laid back enough. Um, had some stuff going on at work, so I haven't had time to really plan a, a more thought out episode. But I wanted to hop on and just talk some sports for a little bit. Um, just because I wanted to, and so I thought that thought that we would bring back a uh, an old segment from the show that we used to do called the feed, where we basically go onto my Twitter feed and see what is happening in the sports world, what people are saying, and I give my two cents on it. Um, it's a super lazy idea. It's just an easy way for me to get you know some thoughts out on some trending current topics in the sports world but again you know not claiming to be reinventing the wheel here just wanted to talk some sports you know we're kind of also in the a dry zone here where we just had a pay-per-view for wrestling for wwe and we're still in the all-star break for the nba so not a whole lot of action going down right now but i guess to start off real quick We'll do two quick recaps of this past weekend because it was a busy weekend for the WWE and NBA before we kind of hit this dry dry zone. So we'll start with wrestling um, real quick. Elimination Chamber. I won't recap the show um, for you guys, but I'll say I got five of the six, five of my six predictions correct. So I got Roman Reigns beating Sami Zayn correct. I got Austin Theory retaining United States title in the Elimination Chamber, correct? I got Asuka winning the Women's Chamber, correct? I got um, Bobby Lashley beating Brock Lesnar, correct? Um, and I did say, I think I'm pretty sure I said, like, there may be a screwy finish, but either way, Bobby Lashley's going to come out on top. And he did. He was the winner via disqualification. Um, and I got. What was the other match? Um, oh, that was it. And then the last one was the one I got wrong, which was um, Edge and Beth Phoenix beat the Judgment Day, but I had the Judgment Day winning, so I got that one wrong. But either way, it still sets up the inevitable um, Finn Balor versus Edge WrestleMania match, which was set up, well, started to be set up on Monday night. On Raw, um, you know, still questionable how it makes Rhea look moving into WrestleMania, but 
I have faith that they'll still continue to build her up well for that match with Charlotte. And then I'm feeling even more confident now about Finn versus Edge at WrestleMania in Hell in Cell and Finn getting that win to just finish that story off at WrestleMania. Um, and at that point, it'll be a whole year for that storyline, which to me is far too long. But it is what it is. Um, that should be a good match. And then we'll probably move on to oh, potentially Edge's last feud, depending on how long they play it out. But <clears throat> overall, I thought it was a really good pay-per-view. I thought the mixed tag match was good. Um, it was exactly how what I expected it to be, but just with the other people coming out on top. So I thought it was just, you know, a good mixed tag match, nothing special. Uh, Brock versus Bobby was not great. A um, little bit boring. It was kind of just like finisher, kick out, finisher, kick out, finisher, finisher, kick out, finisher, kick out, and then disqualification. And we're not even going to get to like resolve it and get like a definitive winner in this series, which I think is their point. Like they didn't want to have one person officially have a leg up on the other one. Um, But I think Bobby definitely comes out of that feud looking stronger because he, you know, it was like the first, I mean, not even really though, because they were all like cheeky finishes. Like the first match at um, day one, or Royal Rumble, I can't remember what it was, last year, um, Bobby beat Brock for the WWE title, but it was after a ref bump and Roman um, hit Brock with the WWE title. So then Bobby won off of the interference. Then at Crown Jewel, Bobby had the hurt lock in and Brock like pushed off and landed on top of him and got the three count, which I guess is technically a clean win, but it's still cheeky. Um, And then this one, again, Brock is in the hurt lock and then just low blows Bobby to get the disqualification. And it looks like we're now moving on to Bobby versus Bray Wyatt, which I don't get. And Brock Lesnar versus Omos, which I don't get. Both happening at WrestleMania. So we'll see how Triple H and co. handle the the build for those matches towards WrestleMania and get us to care about them. Because right now I don't see the value in either of them. I don't see either of them working. So it'll be very interesting. Um, but we'll see. Um, <clears throat> the men's elimination chamber match was the best chamber match I've ever seen. Um, bar none. I thought it was incredible. I thought every single person competing in it came out looking very strong and very good. No one looked weak. Everyone lasted a good amount of time. It was a real coming out party for Johnny Gargano and, um, Bronson Reed to kind of just, you know, reinvigorate their stock uh, in WWE fans that may be a little bit tepid as of right now. Montez continues to show why he is going to be a future world champion. Theory continued to look incredible. Um, And Seth, you know, just looked amazing as he always does. And Damian Priest looked like he belonged in the main event scene, which he always has. So it was just a really good show um, showing for all of them. The women's chamber I wasn't as pleased with. I thought it was good, but I didn't think it was great. It felt like it never kicked out of like third gear, whereas the men's got into like seventh gear at one point. Um, 
it just felt like we were kind of stuttering for a little bit there. I thought Natty got too much of a spotlight. I get it. She's been around in the company for 15 years, whatever. She's like wrestled the most matches. She's reliable. I get it. But she came out looking too strong for me and like looking stronger than some people that I feel like she shouldn't have. Like, I feel like she outshined Liv in that match. Um, which just like really rubbed me the wrong way. I didn't love how Liv was eliminated. I get it. It was like a double submission. It was like it took that to get her out and she didn't pin. She passed out. But that's like a, that's like starting to become a tired spot for me. The, you know, person being, person in a submission hold and refuses to tap and passes out and like smiles or laughs while they're passing out. I feel like we see that all the time now and it just is taking away from its like impact um so you know i get i get what they were going for but it was just like kind of overdone for me so it didn't have the same impact and it's still just like another time that that live is passing out into submission hold which again like doesn't make her look too weak because she's not tapping out but she was eliminated pretty quickly which i just i didn't love so Anyways, uh, the right winner there with Asuka. And what else? Roman versus Sammy. Listen, I think deep down everyone knew Roman was retaining. A lot of people thought Sammy should have won and wanted him to win. But I just like... I don't know. I get it. I get why they didn't have him win because you can't just keep having people win for the, for the moment and the big pop they'll get in that moment. And then like, just go back to where things were, you know, like, yeah, it would have been an awesome moment for, <clears throat> for Sammy to, to beat Roman in Montreal and get that win. It would have been massive pop, huge moment. But then, like, you can't have, like, Sam, I'm sorry, like, Sammy versus Cody one-on-one is just not as big of a main event for WrestleMania as Roman versus Cody is. It just isn't. And you can't have that same effect if Roman's lost because it's all about who's beating him and who's beating that streak. Um, And so, you know, arguably you could have said, all right, build to getting Sammy versus Roman as the main event for WrestleMania, have Sammy beat win there and then have Sammy drop the titles to Cody at SummerSlam, right? Which I would have been fine with and that would have made sense, but they didn't and it just it doesn't make sense. And I like where they're going with the story of Sammy trying to get the band back together with KO to take down the bloodline and KO's like, I'm going to take down the bloodline, but I'm doing it by myself. I'm not like I'm done with you. I said I was done with you and I meant it. So we're getting the slow burn reunion there. Um, and it may not even really happen until WrestleMania or like the night before on SmackDown, you know, um, still waiting for the other shoe to drop on Jay. Um, I feel like we're slow playing that a little bit too much for me, but I guess they're just going to try to slow play that alongside the Sammy and KO thing. So I have faith in Triple H and I trust him. You know, I think he's going to do a good job with it because he has with a lot of other stuff, but. This is just like the one thing that you don't want them to mess anything up with, right? Because it's the biggest storyline in wrestling um, right now. So, 
And then on the other side of things from the weekend, uh, NBA All-Star Weekend. I didn't get to watch Friday or Saturday night at all because um, we had some company and I was watching Elimination Chamber on Saturday night. Obviously, I watched highlights, but didn't get to watch any of it live. And then I did watch the entirety of Sunday night um, from the draft all the way through to the end of the game. And Twitter was obviously a buzz. And a lot of people were talking, a lot of people were trashing kind of the whole weekend, but especially the All-Star game itself. So the the cable numbers were down kind of a lot from last year. It was um the lowest numbers for the All-Star game in a very long time. It was down I think almost 30% from last year. So huge drop off. Um the social engagement was record breaking, but the cable numbers were down. Um which, you know, is saying something. And obviously people were trashing the um the All-Star game because, you know, it was 182 to 173 or whatever it was, you know, we're breaking records for highest scoring All-Star games. Um, Note, it was a glorified layup line. I'm not going to disagree with a lot of that stuff. You know, it was not a competitive basketball game. It was a glorified layup line. Um, You know, the vast majority of every single shot that was taken was wide open with no defense. Um, But the thing that just like bothers me and upsets me is these people who are saying the all-star game is trash. It's, it's ruined. It's boring. NBA fix this. This is terrible. It just bothers me, bothers me when it's like, okay, like what are your suggestions? Let's hear what you think should be done because I just feel like it's so entitled to be like, this didn't entertain me. Fix it make it better for me because part of it is just like, you know, the NBA, like obviously the NBA is aware that like something needs to change, right? They were aware of that years ago, which is why they made it not East versus West anymore. Um, And they had team captains and they drafted them and that, you know, kind of gave it a new shelf life for a little bit, added a few years. Um, We had a couple of competitive end games there, but then, you know, we're kind of back to, um, it being a little out of hand again. So then this year they tried the live draft right before the game, which I thought was, I think conceptually very fun. I think an execution, they need to not have any commentary for it. Um, Ernie Johnson should be limited to five words in between every pick. We don't need analysis. We don't need banter. We don't need jokes. I, it's just a lot more fun for LeBron and Giannis to be up there with all the players there. And then LeBron goes, I want Anthony Edwards. And then we get a quick reaction. Giannis, it's your pick. I want John Morant. Oh, you can't take him yet. Oh, ha, ha, it's funny. Oh, it's embarrassing. Okay, I actually want whoever, you know? It just it shouldn't have taken almost forty minutes to draft the teams. I get it. It's more commercial time. It's more ad revenue. It's you're stretching it out to get better TV. But it wasn't very good TV. You can make it just as entertaining with it being fifteen minutes, 
Um, we don't need the banter. We don't need to cut away to the other inside the NBA guys and say, whose team do you think is better? Who would you be drafting? I just, we don't need it. It's, it's, it's filler that is unnecessary. Um, but so they tried that and I think it's something that stuck, but they obviously now know as well that something needs to change with the all-star game because it's not competitive, but you can't just say, fix it, NBA. Like, come up with some ideas. Like, what do you think could make it better? What would make it more entertaining? Um, you know, it's the same thing of like, oh, like, Embiid should have been first-team All-NBA. Okay, so who are you taking off first-team All-NBA all then to make room for him? I'm fine if you, like, please share your opinion. That's obviously what this whole show is about. It's just me talking about my sports opinions. But anytime I say, oh... Embiid should have been first-team All-NBA, and he should have been there over Giannis, whatever, you know? Um, like, it's just, like, it's too easy to be a talking head that these people all hate, like Stephen A. Smith or Skip Bayless or Kendrick Perkins, when you say, oh, come on, this is a travesty. Joel Embiid's getting shafted. Oh, the NBA hates Joel. Oh, this is ridiculous. Should have should have been first-team All-NBA. Should have won MVP, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Should have been, you know, all-star over this person or should have been all-star starter. Okay, over who? Who are you taking out of the all-star starters then? Who are you taking off first-team all-NBA for him? Um, and then the other hand, the other side of it is the biggest thing is people want the all-star game to be more competitive. They want people to try. They want it to play defense. They want it to be a competitive game. Um, newsflash, that's not going to happen regularly it'll happen sometimes we've seen it there's people found plenty of clips of old all-star games from probably every single decade of a competitive all-star game we saw it the first time that they did the draft um and they kind of changed up the format of you know individual quarters and then fourth quarter is to a target score that was super competitive. That was because you had guys like Kyle Lowry in there who were taking charges throughout the game. They were trying hard. You had guys in there like Chris Paul who were like, yeah, I'm going to do my fun little alley-oop dunk highlight, but I'm also going to play defense and I want to you know, win this game. Um, when people are doing that, it's contagious naturally and people then play up to that level. But when you have, you know, Jokic literally refusing to shoot the ball and saying, I don't want to play in the all-star game and making that very apparent on the court. He's just passing, 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 passing. They're all bad passes. Half of them are leading to turnovers. People are then going to be like, okay, well, Jason Tatum's going to take 23s then this game. And they're all going to be wide open. You know, Dame Lillard's just going to take half court shots the entire game. Um, Tatum and Brown are just going to play one-on-one -on -one while literally everyone else on the court stands over on the sidelines so they can play one-on-one, -on -one, you know? Like, that's just what's going to happen. And then some, you know, even back in like 2013, like Kobe was playing and he was like, I want to shut down LeBron. I want to prove that I'm better than him and I can guard him. So he's playing defense the entire time and trying to shut down LeBron in the fourth quarter. And, you know, they're getting on the refs cases for different foul calls and stuff like that. Like it's contagious when it happens and it'll happen every couple of years. But then sometimes you get a year where, you know, you don't have any 
Kyle Lowry's, Chris Paul's, Kobe Bryant's, Patrick Beverly's, Dylan Brooks's, those kind of guys who are like, I don't care if this is the all-star game. I'm playing my, my hardest, you know? Um, look at any other sport. It's the same thing. Like the MLB all-star game, the pitchers pitch a max of like one and a half innings, one and two thirds innings, and then they're pulled and then they get another one. Um, and they're not throwing all their good stuff. They're just, they're, they're throwing like a, an easy change up in a fastball, you know? And look at the NFL. The Pro Bowl has been ridiculed for years and years and years because there's no defense whatsoever. It's not entertaining. And then they just completely do away with it and they change it up and make it a whole weekend and they have different events and it's AFC versus NFC still, but it's all different kinds of events. Some people really liked it. Some people didn't, but they're trying, but it's still not, even though the flag football game, it's not competitive. These, this is the time, let's just go back to the NBA. This is a time for the players, the one time in the whole year, because they know once this is back, you got 25 more games in the regular season, and then it's right into the postseason push. So for some guys, they're now going into a stretch of, you know, three and a half months of just all basketball, nothing else, very limited time off, um, lots of minutes played, all that stuff. And so given this whole week that they get to be off, they want to take advantage of it as much as possible. And that's not new either. You can go back. I remember there's a couple of years ago where Carmelo Anthony uh, didn't make the all-star team. I think it was like his last or second last year on the Knicks. Um, he didn't make the all-star team and they were like interviewing him after his last season, his last game before the break. And he was like, I'm pumped. I didn't make it. I'm going to go on vacation. I'm going to an Island. I'm going to a beach with my family. I'm like turning my phone off. I'm just going to lay on the beach for a week and eat junk food. Like I'm ta- I'm happy. I didn't make the all-star game and I don't have to play this. And that's the sentiment with a lot of players. You know, they're happy to get, they want to get the all-star recognition. JJ Reddick made this point on his podcast. It was a really good point. They want to get that recognition of you are an all-star. You are one of, you know, you're a start. You are one of 12 players in your conference to make it to the all-star team. Like, you know, you are one of the best, but then they don't want to do anything after that. No one wants to be in the skills competition. No one wants to do the dunk contest anymore. Um, no one wants to play in the all-star game because they'd rather have the time off that extra three days, uh, to go rest, relax, spend time with family and friends, vacation for a little bit before they go into this last push of the season. I mean, again, JJ Reddick brought this up on his podcast saying as someone who's been there two times, he's like, it's not just you show up, you know, if you're playing in the all-star game, you don't just show up on Sunday, do the hour practice, and then play the game. Like you have to show up Friday morning and you're booked from Friday morning through Sunday night. You're, you're doing, um, appearances, you're doing signings, you're doing brand deals and sponsorship appearances. You're doing NBA cares events and charity events. You're doing interviews, you're doing podcasts, you're doing TV appearances it's filled to the brim. Like it's there. It's like a zoo. It's just like, they are there to be consumed for whatever it is, 72, hundred hours of that weekend. And then they have to go play the game. Um, so 
you know, a lot of people don't want to be there. Uh, they would rather be on an island vacationing with their family. So that's not going to change, right? Like there's nothing the NBA can do. They tried to incentivize them with doing away with conferences. Didn't really work. They tried to incentivize them with team captains and they draft them. Didn't incentivize them. They tried to incentivize them with, if your team wins, that's a hundred thousand dollars to charity. Um, Didn't incentivize, they doesn't play a factor. They don't care because they know either way, some charity's getting $100,000 at the end of each quarter. If it's mine or theirs, I don't really care. Like the money's going to charity either way. Um, so there's just no way to incentivize them to play this like it's the NBA finals or even like it's an NBA regular season game because they're tired. They would rather be somewhere else. They don't want to injure themselves. Um, and they don't want to be turned into a meme or a viral clip, right? Like they don't want to be that guy that got dunked on in the all-star game by Joel Embiid, right? So they're never going to take that risk to, de- to defend because then they can't look bad. It's the same reason why no one participates in the dunk contest anymore because what does Ja Morant have to gain from participating in the dunk contest, right? If he goes in, he gets four fifties in a row and he wins it. It's, for 24 hours, it's, oh my gosh, did you see that dunk that Jaw had? That was crazy. That was such a good dunk. What a dunk contest. And then everyone forgets it and they move on. Um, and he's just another name on a list of people who won the dunk contest. Um, but if he goes, the other side of it is he goes, maybe there's one time he, like, if he doesn't get all four of his dunks on the first try, he's getting memed. He's getting made fun of. He's getting roasted on Twitter. If he doesn't get at least three fifties, he's getting roasted on Twitter. He's getting memed. If he misses three times in a row on a dunk, like if he has a dunk contest like Jalen Green did last year, that is like abysmal PR and he's looking terrible. He's getting memed for years to come, right? But he doesn't do it. He says, I'm not going to do it. People are upset for 12 hours on the news cycle and then they move on and he gets to save his legacy and his public image, you know? So... I'm not complaining about the all-star game because I still enjoyed watching it. Uh, you get to see matchups. You don't normally get to see, you get to see Jason Tatum make 18 threes in a row without missing one. You get to see Dame Lillard just casually drain a pull up half court shot. You get to see a couple of plays of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum playing at 60%, but doing one-on-one. That was fun. I really enjoyed that. You know, I, I still think it's fun, but if they want to change it fine, but I'm not going to complain about it on Twitter because I don't know what they can do to change it, and I don't think there's anything they can do to make it more competitive. They can do away with the All-Star game and do a one-on-one competition. That's J.J. Reddick's big thing. A lot of people are saying, do a one-on-one competition. What in the world makes you think that any of these people are going to want to perform in a one-on-one competition if they don't want to do the All-Star game or the dunk contest? The same thing's going to carry over. They don't want to get injured, so they're at most they're going to be playing at 50% effort. So then people are already going to be complaining because it's not competitive. But let's say they do. Let's say you get all these players one-on-one competition. They're going to play at 110%. You get Jalen Brown versus Jason Tatum. Okay, the loser of that is going to look bad. There's going to be a play where Jalen Brown drops Jason Tatum and he crosses him up and he breaks his ankles. Cool. Now Jalen Brown looks terrible and it is not a good look for him. You know what I mean? It's just like... 
for the same reason people don't want to be in the dunk contest or people don't try in the all-star game, it's going to happen in a one-on-one tournament. It's going to happen in a 3v3 tournament. It's it's going to happen whatever variation you can try to come up with, whether, you know, the I think the only thing that you can get people to truly try in and give 100% competitiveness where they won't get memed is like a horse competition, but that's not nearly as entertaining, right? I think that's fun. I think that could replace the skills competition on Friday or Saturday night. I think that's a great addition, but that's not going to replace the all-star game, right? So anyway, I will get off my high horse and my bandwagon and my soapbox here. Those are my two cents on the all-star game um, and the all-star weekend. But with that, let us hop into the feed. So let's see if this scene still works on OBS. It does. All right. So we're going to come over here to twitter.com. If you're... um, you're listening to the audio i'm <clears throat> i'm pulling up my twitter feed and we're just going to scroll through it and i'll read out loud the tweet that i'm you know responding to but this is just a little bit of encouragement to try to make it out to our uh our wednesday afternoon stream so you can catch the video portion of it but all right here we go let's see here's one flex from jersey talking about kd can confirm that KD will likely return on the road trip, most likely versus Charlotte on Wednesday. At this point, I don't expect him to play on Friday or Sunday per my conversations. The Suns would like to give him an extra week with a couple days off between Bucks and Hornets games. That makes sense. I think some people were expecting him to come back tomorrow night versus the Thunder um, in Oklahoma City, but I don't think his target date was ever that early. Um, so a lot of people thought Friday versus the Bucks. But it's looking now like Wednesday against the Hornets is most likely. Um, And I think that's like a good, talking about like PR and looking good, that's a good game for him to come back to as well. Uh, First game with the Suns, got to look good. But also first game back from the MCL strain, you got to look good. So would you rather do it against a feisty, pushing for a playoff spot Thunder team? A uh, dominant on a 12-game winning streak Bucks team, both of those away, or at the Hornets who are tanking for Wambinyama and have shut it down for the season. Just make your pick. All right, what else? Here we go from NBC Sports. If you had the chance, how would you organize a new sports team? Build your own expansion team. What city are you in? Hartford, Connecticut, Munich, Germany, Portland, Oregon, or other? What league are you in? MLB, NHL, NBA, NFL, um, NWSL, MLS, WNBA, or other? And what is your team name? All right, I got this. It's easy. Number one, what city are you in? Seattle. Number two, what league are you in? NBA. Number three, what is your name? The Seattle Supersonics. Easy. Bring back the Sonics. Daniel Jones is reportedly seeking up to $45 million per year on his next contract, according to CBS Sports and Mike Florio. How much should Daniel Jones be paid per year? So he's asking, or wanting, seeking $45 million per year, which would put him 
at the same amount as Patrick Mahomes, and then up above him would be Deshaun Watson at 46, Kyler Murray at 46.1, Russell Wilson at 48.5, and and Aaron Rodgers at 50.2. Listen, these NFL contracts are getting now, they're finally catching up to the NBA, at least for the quarterbacks, in the insanity of the amount of money they're getting, and it just being that the cap is so high and the teams have to spend the money somewhere, and so it's going to go to the quarterbacks, right? Like, who was it the other day? I mean, there's so many NBA players right now you look at and you're like, wait, that guy is, has a four-year, $100 million contract? Like, really? Like, five years ago, that was like a max contract. You know what I mean? I mean, obviously, that's not exact, but to that point where it's like, you know, now it's just like, I mean, yeah, like that guy is going to get four years, 120 or four years, 100 million from some team. And so if you want it, you may as well give it to him, especially if you have the cap space, right? So it's the same thing with the NFL, where it's like these teams have the money. All these quarterbacks are getting this insane amount of money. Daniel Jones is probably going to get close to 45 million a year because if he doesn't, if the Giants don't give it to him, someone else will, you know? Um, so I don't know if he'll get all the way up to 45 million, but if he's somewhere around the 35 to $40 million range, I would not be surprised at all. And it just makes sense. Is he a $45 million quarterback? No, but neither is Deshaun Watson. Neither is Kyler Murray. Neither is Russell Wilson. And Aaron Rodgers is not a $50 million uh, quarterback. You know what I mean? Like, but those are the numbers that are, that they can get. And so of course they're going to get them from the team that wants to keep them. So let's see. What else we got? Here's something from Michael Hamflit. If Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn headline night one of WrestleMania for the belts, the Usos managed to make a tag team title match the main event of a pay-per-view before the Young Bucks. <laughs> That's funny. I don't think that is going to main event. I think main event of night one should be um, either Oscar versus Bianca or Rhea versus Charlotte. And then night two should be Roman versus Cody. Um I don't think the tag match is going to main event. I don't think it should either because I think it's an incredible storyline and match and all that stuff. But, you know, we got to give respect and credit to the other matches and competitors as well. Um, and I think to not have either of the women's matches, uh, title matches, main event either night would be pretty disrespectful, especially for the amount of work that Bianca, Rhea, and Asuka have been putting in. So. Uh, what else do we have? I was told flat out today that Vince McMahon is not back involved in WWE creative. That's from Wade Keller. Yeah, there were some rumors. So Sean Ross Sapp reported today. He said he had a WWE talent reach out to him this week and say that they thought that Vince was back in creative. Um, there is no confirmation. Um, obviously they didn't name, he didn't name the source, but 
they felt they thought that Vince was back in creative, but I guess Wade Keller is saying now he was told flat out today Vince is not back involved in WB Creative, which I believe. Um, I found that a little hard to believe when that talent said that they thought he was back in creative because if you look at just how everything's gone, it's just not how Vince would have done it. Um, and if Vince is back in it, let's say Vince is back in control or is back in creative in some way, if Elimination Chamber is any indication, Triple H clearly still has managing, like has the most control and is like keeping Vince's ideas or whatever at bay and to a minimum because, you know, I just think that pay-per-view would have gone a lot differently if Vince had his fingerprints all over it. You know what I mean? So, um, still glad that he's not... in control uh let's see what else do we have netflix announced a new docuseries titled quarterback to premiere in the summer the show followed patrick mahomes kirk cousins and marcus mariota throughout the 2022 season the players were mic'd up for every game that's interesting we'll see how they do it i'm curious if netflix is the one who actually produced it or if it was another company but that could be some fairly interesting stuff. What else? What do we got? Um, Sonya Deville got engaged. Congratulations to her. What else? Anything else? A lot of ratings reveals for WWE 2K. Don't care. Um, let's see. Seeing a lot of um, aggregators kind of blowing up this Vince story. Talent believe that Vince McMahon is back in creative again. Well, it was nice while it lasted. I mean, that's not what it said. <laughs> Especially if you see the follow-up of Sean Ross's Sean Ross Sapp's tweet saying that anyone empowering WWE who would know has said that this is unfounded and not true. <laughs> Don't need to unnecessarily don't need to unnecessarily blow this out of proportion. Let's see. Madison Square Garden just tweeted something. Breaking a 20-man battle royale. Battle royal, whatever. With the winner to face Gunter for the Intercontinental Championship at Wait, what? So there's a 20-man battle royal with the winner to face Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship at WWE Road to WrestleMania at MSG on March 12th. 
So the 20-man battle royal is taking place at MSG and the winner faces Gunther at WrestleMania? Or the 20-man battle royal happens sometime and then the winner gets the match at MSG? Or both the battle royal and the IC title match happen at MSG? That's very confusingly worded. But interesting nonetheless. Um, let's see here. What do we got? What do we got? Anything else here before we wrap it up? Anything else? No, it doesn't look like it. All right, so that was the feed. Hope you enjoyed it. I like doing that segment every once in a while um, when there's kind of not a whole lot to talk about. Gets me to talk about a couple of different current events and things happening, give my thoughts. Um, but obviously, I guess this episode was more focused on the NBA All-Star game, huh? Well, oh well. Uh, still technically game from the feed because it's all I've seen on my Twitter feed since Sunday night, so... There you have it. But um, let me know your thoughts. What did you think of Elimination Chamber? What do you think the NBA can or should do to fix or change up the uh, All-Star Weekend for NBA? And um, yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts. So send an email to sportstalkwithswag at gmail.com um, or hit me up on social media. Facebook is Sports Talk with Swag. That's where we do the live streams. Um, Instagram is Sports Talk with Swag. Twitter is STWScast. Um, the audio format of this show is available anywhere you get your podcasts so Spotify, Apple Amazon, Stitcher, Google anywhere you get your podcasts you can download this show um, make sure you leave a 5 star rating anywhere you can um, we do appreciate the, the feedback and the you know critique of this show um, but make sure it's a 5 star rating though or else I'm going to bad mouth you on Twitter so if it's not a five-star rating, I'm going to call you out on Twitter and say, NBA, fix this. So you don't want my millions of followers seeing that. So just give us the five-star instead, and we won't have to deal with it. Okay? Okay. So with that being said, I do want to thank you guys for uh, for listening and for hanging out with me in the live stream as always. I appreciate your support for the show. And I'll uh, see you guys in the next episode. Peace. Well